Welcome into the Harvest Friends. I am Abigail and I am here with Andrew and Keith and we're going to be talking about the things that will torpedo our faith. All that good stuff that's under the surface, we're going to dig into it today. But before we get started, if you are new to Into the Harvest, we want you to know that we are here to bring you all the tools and tricks that you need to be a disciple and make disciples here in the 21st century. So if you haven't clicked on the little bell or subscribed if you're listening on a podcast app of some kind, why don't you go ahead and do that right now? We'll wait. And then that way you won't miss any of the goods that will be coming in the future. So now let's get started. Hey guys, how are y'all? Hey, Abigail, <laughs> it's good to see you. My yeah. Southern just came out there really. <laughs> how how y'all doing? <laughs> it's yeah. usually not that thick, but it must be the day. What can I say? Yep. yep. <laughs> All right, so today uh, I'm just going to get us right started. Let's. Are you guys ready? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really into this topic because uh, I think particularly as uh, believers in these modern times, a lot of times we can find that things can get hidden or like tucked under the rug a little bit. And then something will just come out in the open and we're all shocked and it's all over social media. That's like the most dramatic example um, where somebody has got something going on that we didn't know about. And then everyone's in cannot believe it. Uh, So we're going to talk about maybe the things that get us to that point that maybe we won't have, you know, a news feed about us in the future. Although none of us are that popular that anyone would ever do. (laughs) Thankfully. But that said, um, I really love this idea of talking about the things that typically can maybe be a little hidden, um, but that can really do serious damage to our relationship with Jesus, to our faith in general. Um, So we're going to get into that today. Uh, We talked about this a few weeks ago, and all of us have been thinking about this topic and kind of bring the examples that we think maybe are the most toxic, maybe the things that are going to bring us down the fastest. So we're going to get into it. I'm excited to see what you guys have to say about this. Yeah, I'm excited about this topic too, because I think that... um, as you get older in life and as you follow Jesus for more and more time, you do begin to see that there's a lot of ways that we can be taken out when it comes to our faith and our devotion to Jesus. And some of them are sort of spectacular explosions where maybe people saw it coming and then sure enough it <laughs> happened. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, people can walk with the Lord for an extended period of time. And maybe there are these below the surface issues that are present but very few, if anyone knows about them. Uh, so accountability is good if, if these things are, are visible and mm-hmm. other people can actually you know, encourage us or challenge us. But sometimes there are things going on below the surface and we have to learn to be honest with ourselves and uh, honest with the Lord so that um, we don't have these things torpedo our faith. Yeah, and I think like you guys are saying, like discovering those things can be turning <laughs> points in your walk with God, I think. Cool. Uh, over time, you build up these callus and you kind of become uh, desensitized towards, towards certain things. So I think discovering these things so that you can work through them uh, can be a huge phrase because they're not under the surface. They're not buried anymore. You can't address them and uh, really thrive in your walk with God. And uh, I think that's a big reason why we want to talk about it today. 
Yeah. But um, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, these are hard things because I, if you're not really ready, if you're not like up for the challenge of facing, you know, the, the things that we're struggling with, um, then it can be uh, a real test of our faith of like, are we, it's a turning point, so to speak. So I hope that you're listening with like a heart ready to go as far as um, searching our hearts for the things that we need to dig out, so to speak. So um, let's start by maybe looking to the Bible for examples of maybe people in biblical times, because they were all very messed up, and, uh, and, <laughs> and use them as what not to do. So who do you guys think are great examples of men and women who have let something torpedo their faith? <clears throat> yeah, we'll go with, uh, off the top of my head, two people. I don't know if we can choose two right off the right No, the no. I want to call it But I think the issue is the same, and I think um, the issue is, uh, not dealing with Jesus, not uh, really wrestling with who he is or coming to terms with his, the authority that he have or coming to terms with who God has made him. So you take the story of the rich young ruler and he has all of this stuff. Mm. He's serious about his faith. I mean, he's an all-star in a way because mm. he tells Jesus like, hey, I've done all of these things that you're talking about since my youth. And uh, Jesus told him, hey, there's one thing that you lack. Sell everything you, you have, um, give it to the poor and come follow me. And um, most people would say that it was because he loved this wealth and he had a lot of, a lot of stuff that he was turning away from. Uh, but I think the bigger thing was that uh, the, follow, the follow me part, that um, mm-hmm. the things that he had uh, outweighed his value for Jesus. Like, hey, Jesus, I believe you. I know you have value, but I mean, um, this over here is bigger. So I think uh, for the believer, non-believer alike, and for the mature and the non-mature Christian, I think uh, we have to come to terms with Jesus and really uh, recognize who he is. So then also Judas, um, I know that was a little bit more obvious, but uh, he was really spending time with Jesus and he spent most most of his earthly life with Jesus. Uh, but he, I don't think he ever really fully submitted and uh, took Jesus mm-hmm. up on who he was. And I think that's a, a huge pitfall. So some people want God and want a relationship with God, but they don't want Jesus. And Jesus is the way. So, so what would you say that uh, like if there was a torpedo in the water, mm-hmm. like what would you? What's the torpedo that we need to be aware of? Like with those two guys? Uh huh. Yeah. Not. I guess not recognizing and responding to who Jesus is. Um, almost having mm-hmm. terms when it comes to Jesus. Like for the rich young ruler, it was his possessions and the things that he had. And for Judas, maybe it was greed or. Uh, that he had a better way than God's plan. But I think uh, the thing that can go under the surface is that you can be a pretty religious person or a pretty spiritual person, a lover of God, and not um, not follow Jesus. Yeah. It sounds to me almost like trying, trying to serve God on our terms. Yeah. So we believe in God yeah. and, and um, we're positively inclined towards Jesus. Maybe we even say all the right information. We've, mm-hmm. we've gone through the the outward formalities of saying the sinner's prayer, maybe right. being baptized, but at root, we're still in the driver's seat. You know, yeah. We're still calling the shots. We're deciding how and and when we'll obey Jesus rather than really surrendering right. surrendering to him. Yeah, that's a... I think that's definitely a uh, 
a common one mm -hmm. and it's dangerous because it can be hard to even know like to be honest yeah. with ourselves right about whether or not we've surrendered to jesus in that way yeah and i think you know what you were saying about the driver's seat is so true and i think most of us have that constant battle of where we are really, like you said, willing to say Jesus is Jesus and he's our Lord, mm -hmm. but we just want to have like a tiny bit of control still. <laughs> like, so with Judas, you know, he wanted to like be in charge of the money bags, like just mm -hmm. in case things like went <laughs> south, he wanted to make sure, you know, and so that was a small thing at the beginning, but then it grew and those right. seeds grew in right. him. I mean, we don't know much about what was going on in his mind, but we just can see like the tiny bits of fruit that he kind of had. And all of that points to things that I can see in my own life that I have to keep mm -hmm. in check as far as um, just, I want to have a little bit of say, right? Like <laughs> I want to say of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and what we're going to do with our money and right. how we're going to spend our time. And so I think when we want to have more control than we want to give it to Jesus. And to me, that's maybe, is that, you think that's like, am I getting too off track there? No, I think you guys are nailing it. I think uh, this is something that's common to man and it's not easy happening in Jesus time. Like when he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Uh, yeah, there's just something mm -hmm. about Jesus. I think that we really have to come to terms with, but uh, I'm glad you guys let me pass that around for a little bit, but I definitely want to hear some of the torpedoes for you guys. What do you guys think as far as those things? Well, I want to ask one more on that yeah, one. Cause I, I feel like that's, that's, that one's so hard. It's kind of like what you were saying, Abigail. Um, where do you think, is there, is there a clear line between mm. wanting, like you said, Abigail, having that desire to, which I think is human. I think there's a human, uh -huh. just a human desire to, to call the shots and to, to kind of have that final say. Interesting with both of those guys, money was, was the issue that seemed mm. to really get them. Yeah. Was stealing from the, uh, the collection bag. And uh, then of course he took money from the high priests um, to betray Jesus. So yeah. it seems like money was a motivator there. I like the way you said it, Keith, that at, for both of them, it seems like the ultimate, if you had that picture of those scales, yeah. you know, it wasn't that they didn't have any weight in Jesus, like the rich young ruler right, was seeking right. Jesus out. He called him a good teacher. He seemed to have a very high view of, of Jesus. And then Judas, of course, spent several years, you know, following Jesus around. So yeah. uh, it wasn't that they did not value Jesus, but it does seem like when push came to shove, they went with the mm -hmm. money. But I don't know, like, well, how, how, how would you guys test yourselves to know hmm. whether or not that torpedo was really in the water for you? Yeah, I think uh, that's a good question. I think I think of priorities, uh, like what do we prioritize in life? And um, you take somebody like Zacchaeus, where he was all about money and he was very rich and he was doing very well, but something was missing from his life and he knew that, uh, he mm -hmm. recognized that. So when he got close to Jesus, um, the priority shifted from the money and the greed and all the stuff he was throwing up for to, I want to please Jesus. I want to be right with Jesus. And uh, that was the thing that drove his decisions and his life. And uh, I think it has to be the same for us uh, versus like coming with terms, you know, like, um, yeah, Jesus, I know you might be the one. You are the one, you know, you're God's son, you know, but uh, mm. yeah, whatever the case may be, I think it's uh, really recognizing who Jesus is and, and submitting mm. to that. This is one that doesn't go away either, you know, as, as someone who's mm -hmm. um, getting older every day. Um, 
<laughs> I'm not getting older every yeah, day. I don't, I don't know what's happened to us. Happy I'm frozen in time. Yeah, no, we're, we're coasting. I can't remember who said it, but um, they talked about how it's always possible to crawl off the altar. So we're called to be living sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember. I th- Ooh, think it might have been Walt good. Hendrickson, but he's made uh, the point Walt. that yeah, <laughs> that it's always that's always an option for us. When you're a living yeah. sacrifice, you can yeah. always just sort of get to the point where, where you think, you know, this, um, I'm not going to live the same way that I was. So I, I think, um, having those, having those honest conversations with yourself about how you're handling your, your finances, your material goods. And, you know, one thing about Zacchaeus, I'm glad you brought him up is that he did something with his finances that was radical and didn't make sense to the, anyone in the world around him would have said like, well, that was weird. (laughs) So maybe that's one way of thinking about it, you know, am I, is there anything about the way I handle my material wealth, my finances that would just strike people as odd that they didn't understand Jesus (laughs) was a part of my my life. Yeah, I think, I think that's great. Like, look at your life and to the people around you, does it seem a tad odd and crazy? (laughs) Great. You're doing the right thing. (laughs) I have always taken that as a great compliment. Um, there have been several times in our lives, that, and it's always great how people will wait until later and then they'll tell you, like, boy, we really thought you guys went off the deep end, but you know, <laughs> it turned out okay. And now we're going to tell you about it. And I'm like, you could have kept that to yourself. But several times, even, you know, people around us were like, whew, you know, that Brett and Abigail, they do some crazy stuff. And like, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like wise at all. And you know what? It's. <laughs> I think that's good. I also like to really question myself. And when I have doubts, like I'll say, man, if God told us tomorrow to just go off to some foreign land and like sell all of our possessions, like would I do it? And if I have that like feeling of fear and like, ooh, that sounds horrible, um, which it does, by the way, spoiler, um, I have to take that to the Lord and just say, like, I don't know if you're going to ask me to go to a foreign country tomorrow, but if you are, you're going to need to do some work in my heart. Hmm. And the Lord always does, even if he's not going to send me to our foreign country, he still does the work in our hearts. Um, I think like you were saying, Keith, if we're trying to put Jesus number one um, and we're actively working to do that, then he is always very kind to like shine a light on the things that are <laughs> just like a little mm. bit of idol <laughs> in our lives. So, yeah, I mean, I think we just got to keep asking ourselves, like you said, Andrew, it's a constant, um, probably our whole, yeah, our definitely our whole lives. Yep. This, is, this is a work in progress, friends. Hey, friends, thanks for watching the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to say if you're someone who's looking for insights, ideas, and inspiration that will fuel your faith for the 21st century, then make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter, Harvest Highlights. It's free and it's loaded with resources that will help you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the description of this video. Back to the show. All right, Andrew, what do you have for your torpedo? So this one, uh, this was kind of a fun week because I, I really didn't, I still don't know what you're going to say, Abigail, as far as like your, your character <laughs> from the Bible and um, what your torpedo is. Um, yeah. We texted just a little bit, but otherwise it's, it's been fun just to hear what you guys had to say. So my character from the Bible is Samson. And I would say that the nice. torpedo is, is self-control. 
And I think mm. Samson is such a tragic figure because it's so much unrealized potential. And he, he, he was blessed and gifted by God and God's spirit was with him in such an amazing way. If you had known Samson, I think, uh, I mean, he was considered a judge, uh, one of the heroes of, of God's people, the Israelites. And if you had known him, I think he just would have been like, he would have been a hero. He would have been someone that you thought had it, had it all together. I just had this exceptional connection with God. I was doing mighty things for God, fighting against uh, the enemies of, of God's people, the Philistines. But from the very earliest uh, times that we see and read about him in the book of Judges, we see that he had this weakness that was there from the beginning, which was he would see things that he wanted and he would, he would say, go get it, <laughs> go get it for me. Or he would just take it. And these were things that uh, weren't healthy, were not, were obviously like contraband, things that, that the Lord had made clear, like, hey, this isn't for you as, as mm -hmm. uh, a Jewish person, much less like a leader and someone that was expected to be setting the example for others. And so, um, yeah, I saw in Judges chapter 14, it says that uh, Samson went down to Timnah and he saw a woman. Later he came back and he told his father and mother, I saw a woman in Timnah. Um, now, therefore, get her for me get as it. a wife. Um, go get it. Go get her. Yeah. And then later you go down and it says that uh, he went down to talk to the woman and she looked good to Samson. So there was just this, this there's a very visual um, thing that's going on there with Samson where he saw things that he wanted and he just took them. He didn't. He did not have self-control, mm -hmm. and uh, ultimately that played out um, to such an extent that sort of what we were talking about earlier. I think that the real turning point in um, in Samson's story, when I was reading it uh, earlier this year, was out of chapter sixteen, and um, of course he's he's now shacked up with a woman named Delilah. <laughs> Sa same issue as the woman in chapter fourteen, just a different woman. And she's yeah. actively trying to undermine him. She's she's actively trying to sell him out. And he either was really dense. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think he was a little else. dumb. Yeah, well, that would make He sense. could have been. Yeah. Or just overconfident. Like, <laughs> this guy had never lost a fight. True. He Maybe he just assumed that, hey, even if she's trying to, um, you know, subvert me. So. She, she can't. She can't do it. But it says it came about that when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him that his soul was annoyed to death, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Uh, but then the next, the next phrase is, so he told her all that was in his heart. And I think that that was the moment where he basically took the sacred and then he goes on to, to, to reveal this secret that was really between him and God, the source of his power. And he degraded this, this sacred, this thing that was sacred between him and God and, um, and made it available to her. So sure enough, uh, she cuts off his hair and it says, um, later it says he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. And uh, it's, it's so powerful because I think it's always the case with self-control is that, you know, you, you indulge yourself here, there, here, there. And you seem to be getting away with it. You know, Samson seemed to be getting away with it all along. Um, and then there's just this moment where everything changes. 
but he doesn't know it. Like in that moment, yeah, he's like, yeah. all right, it's go time. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, that, that phrase that he did not know that the, the Lord, Lord had yeah. departed from hmm. him. So I think that's the torpedo of, of self-control is that hmm. it seems like you're getting away with it. Um, and you have to have faith that this will, this will eventually take you out. Hmm. Oof, this one's yeah. rough. Good win. Good choice, <laughs> yeah, Andrew. I love it. Setup. When we're all like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think um, this is also a really important one for modern day Christians, where in a lot of times we live in a world where it seems as though we can do this, that we're all Samson's walking around taking what we want mm-hmm. um, and in relative anonymity as well, you know, of just, I can, I can get away with this. Uh, and this is probably one of the most devastating yeah. things yeah. to the body of Christ uh, mm-hmm. because it, it can go on for a while. Right. Yeah, like, I think right. that's one of the things about the Samson story is there's like all those examples yeah. and you're, we're just like, there's no commentary in the book of Sam or like not the book, but the story of Samson. There's no like, and he was, you know, really off. Like it just tells the story mm-hmm. and it's up to us to really interpret it. And so it's heartbreaking. It's truly heartbreaking. And God was still using him. I think that's the other thing that can, yeah. be, maybe, maybe that was what fooled him is yeah. that it wasn't even mm-hmm. so much that he was getting away with it, but God was still using him. Right. I think that's yeah. something we can see in our lives too, that, oh, well, it must not be that bad because... Yeah. God is still using right. me to to serve him and to influence others. I think you see mm. that um, with some of the the leaders in Christian ministry that, that mm. sometimes falls. You know, God was using them right up into the point where um, he departed from them, so to speak. What's that verse about uh, being used as a vessel of honor and a vessel for dishonor? Uh, I can't remember the exact reference. Yeah, I think it's in Romans. In Romans, yeah. It's just that both were going to be used, like the, the, the right. honorable vessel and the the trash bin or whatever we called it and uh yeah i like that andrew because you do almost get you have a role to to play in this where you um you know have to really walk with god and uh, trust him through this thing or be isolated and uh you know act off your own yeah. impulses and in the end god is just so uh yes yeah well, now i feel like with this one andrew probably most people when they're hearing it are like Oh yeah, I recognize myself in this particular story. Um, however, I so maybe it's a little bit easier to distinguish that this torpedo is aimed at you. Um, but what do you think is a tool that we can use to maybe uh, get out of the way? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked that. I, I was thinking about this, and so what what are some of the ways that I've tried to just in my own life keep this this self control torpedo in view and and one I think would be like self-denial and and self-discipline, which I think are very related to self-control. Um, it's one of the reasons why I think fasting is a good discipline. Um, you know, abstaining from from certain indulgences is actually helpful because it, hmm. it builds the muscle of being able to say no to yourself, which is what Samson didn't hmm. develop. He didn't develop the ability to say no to himself. Um, there's something in uh, working out. When it comes to pull-ups, Abigail, which I know you're you're really into, get them, Mary. Um, yes, do do share. I already know. There's something <laughs> called a negative pull-up, and 
for a lot of people, when they first want to start doing pull-ups, they can't do one. They, they literally cannot even do a single pull-up. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the way you actually develop your muscles enough to do a pull-up is you start with negative pull-ups. So you actually start from a position where your chin is above the bar, and then you just slowly lower yourself down. And I think that that God gives us so many ways that you can begin to practice and build your self-control by denying yourself just in small ways, mm-hmm. um, little ways of saying no to yourself yeah. that um, that can help you develop self-control in the moment to say no. Because that's kind of what happens is hmm. there's this unexpected temptation. Yeah. And if you don't have that muscle developed, then... So I think just choosing every day almost to try to find a way to say no to yourself or or to forego some sort of indulgence. Hmm. Hmm. Well, good stuff. All right, we're running out of time. I want to <laughs> yeah. get mine in. Yeah. So buckle up. All right, so my person is Saul, uh, which I just finished reading about Saul and David. And this p- past time reading through, I really wanted to focus on Saul. And just see um, the ways that maybe even early on in his uh, kingship that that there were like the tiny little spots of, oh, we can see that this is going to go bad. And I, I saw it immediately, by the way. So um, he is uh, he has been made. Uh, like they've anointed him or Samuel's anointed Saul. And he's immediately like, surely not me. Like I mm-hmm. can possibly. And then um, when it kind of comes out that he has been made king, he hides behind the luggage, which I really like that m- mental picture is one of my favorites. <laughs> he's apparently tall. He's so like, boy, just imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just imagine like him, like awkwardly sticking out from behind the luggage and like everyone looking over and mm-hmm. he's like, ah. Um, But what we see there, like right away, is that Saul really never understands his identity um, in in God. Um, It is never about God. It's always about himself. He always sees his own flaws. And then as he remains king and, you know, as a king, I'm sure everyone tells you how awesome you are. um, He starts to believe that. And so it's always about his what his understanding of who he is um, and what he's created it to be and never who God has said he is and never being obedient to God and in any kind of deference. So that was all very complicated. I'll try to break it down. I think essentially I can see us becoming this way when we look to others continually for who we are and, you know, even other believers, you know, like that seems like a good idea, right? Like if I am, let's just say, into the harvest, I start just reading comments and I'm like, this is who I am. Like the, what people say about me here on into the harvest is where it's at. And Mm. that's what I'm going to build everything on. And then maybe like I start getting some negative comments. So I start like lying about what I do so that I can, you know, build up more good comments or, you know, we start being deceitful because we love what other people are saying. And so it really can get out of hand very quickly because anger got really bad because when your identity is on this very crumbly, like falling apart um, base, then anything will set you off. And so he really fell quickly. Um, So I think what we can see here as believers is when our identity is not based in Jesus and what, who Jesus says we are, 
uh, then it is a slippery and very <laughs> bad slope of um, a ton of different pitfalls, I think. I mean, I think this, maybe this one is hard because it can look a lot of different ways, but essentially it's the same thing. And Saul was like the poster child for, <laughs> for all of them. So bless his heart. <laughs> this southern's coming yeah, out of me again. Some more Texas vernacular. <laughs> no, back. I know. Abby, what do, you, yeah. what do you think that, um, like, because uh, I agree with what you're saying as far as identity, what do you think about like arrogance and being uh, conceited? Because it seemed like Saul had a little bit of that. And if you go back to the other Saul, I guess, converted to Paul, uh, when mm-hmm. he had the thorn in the flesh, the big thing was that God had sent a messenger from Satan to, um, and he had asked yeah. God to take it away, but, you know, it's, it said that a part of it was to keep him from becoming conceited or full of himself, you know. So, uh, yeah, how do you think that relates? Because I know you're, you're kind of getting towards that, too, with identity. But yeah, I mean, I I do. It's funny that you bring that up about the other Saul, because I I have also been reading a lot of letters recently and they are kind of a lot of like that name, I guess, has some. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you know, pre salvation for, yeah. for Paul. Um, I guess he does when he was Saul. Anyway, the point is, is that, yeah, I think that there is, there was a lot of arrogance in Saul before he became a Christian. He was like the top of his game. Um, he was like, you know, number yeah. one to his master and he like knew a lot and he definitely like knew he knew a lot and he could like, <laughs> you know, make people cry with his words, which is always a goal. And so I think, um, he in general, like we see what Jesus can do. So maybe that's, yeah. that's like that, the happy, the happy point is that we can see what Jesus can do in a person when his identity becomes mm. more important to us. That's what we get with Paul um, is mm. Paul is like, what could have happened with Saul? And really David is also what could have happened with Saul. Like David's character is in direct contrast. Like he was very humble and constantly deferring to God and constantly just, you know, if it's God's will, then, you know, I'll die. Like he was never fighting for it or scratching for it. He was always deferring to the Lord. So I don't know if I answered your question at all, but I, you know, I do think that that arrogance comes from that identity, right? Just because Mm -hmm. if we, if we're like, it's almost like a drug of, if we're looking for all this positive reinforcement and then we don't get it, then we're just going to keep trying to get it yeah. without it having to be of any value. Um, uh, towards the end there, I don't think Saul cared one whit about Israel and what was good for the country. Like he was just literally leading men around trying to find David. It was a, it was a hot mess. I love anyway. the way you, f- you phrased that, uh, that it was a platform, su- such a shaky, shaky platform. I think is the way you yeah. said that, you know, when you base your, your sense of identity or worth, off what other people say about you. Hmm. Um, that is a really shaky foundation. And, and it really clicked whenever it said that what what really turned Saul against David was, you know, the people were saying nice things about David. Actually, they were saying nice things about Saul too, but nice. I know, but things. just not as good. Not as <laughs> yeah, good. About David, so yeah. That might be a good yeah. test, I guess, to, to know, you know, do you, yeah, yeah do you actually um, resent when others are, are complimented or, Mm-hmm. Uh, are you secure in what God has said about Oof. you? 
Well, and within ministry, so like if that we're talking about torpedoes that come at us as believers. And so I think um, within the Christian culture, we 100% see this happen when there's just battles amongst our denominations and amongst each other, like, oh, it makes me so upset and sad. Like that is a direct, you know, identity crisis um, when we're not celebrating the victories that God is doing in other ministries or in other people's lives. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's the way to check that one is if you feel like this feeling of like, Oh, I wish that were me, then (laughs) get on it friends. Cause it's, it's a slippery slope. So yeah, I think that is definitely directly combated with prayer and just, you know, laying it down on the altar um, of our identity and wanting it to be fully grounded and rooted in Christ. Um, And let's be more like John the Baptist who is like, let me decrease and you know, God increase like that's, that's legit the goal there, I think. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, friends, I think we've run out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> so, hopefully, we got some good stuff in there. I loved what you guys brought to the table. I think there's some good things to chew on for all of us. Um, Lord, help us, each of us, yeah. with these torpedoes because they are definitely still coming at us, um, all of us. So, we pray for each of you out there listening. Um, Lord would protect us and show us where they are in our lives so we can shoot them down. Um, so enough of my metaphors. And that's <laughs> enough for today. <laughs> Guys, it was a lot of fun. We'll see you next time. All right, Amy, take care. Bye. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.